the open road is full of people behind the wheel. Take away the errand runners, the commuters, and the vacationers, and you have the people who drive for work. They may drive for different companies in different industries with a different goal in mind, but they're connected by the sometimes bumpy, sometimes smooth life on the road. If driving is your day to day, you are a road warrior. And this podcast, it's for you. Welcome to the Road Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Ryland. Every other week, we'll share the story of a new road warrior. Here's our latest guest. I'm Sam Burns, and my current title is Territory Sales Manager of New England for Trice Medical. So describe your role as a Territory Sales Manager at Trice Medical. What do you do? So our company is a startup. I came from a large medical device company. And now I'm with Trice. It is a 14-gauge needle with an HD camera in the center of it and a light source, fully disposable. So it attaches to a Microsoft tablet. And in the office, the surgeon can poke the needle through the skin like a, an injection and take a look inside the joint. It sounds, it sounds petrifying, but really <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty simple because you, you numb up the joint, you know, near shoulder, you numb it up first. So there's, there's little pain in it and it's an alternative to doing MRIs. So, you know, you go in with shoulder pain or knee pain. The physician is typically going to say that you have to go back get an MRI and then get the MRI read. So that's, that's two office visits where this you can go in and the, the physician does it right then and there and you get the answer right away. So my role is selling that throughout New England. I have a regional manager who covers the East Coast, but other than that, it's, it's really just me. And then we have a distributorship that carries different lines. So there's some reps around New England that I sort of manage the Trice portfolio for them. And I'm their point of contact between Trice and them. What drew you to this role? You said you ran a big medical device company and then you moved to the startup. Why the change? Yeah. So I, I actually got my nursing degree. So I am a nurse, RN, and I worked in the operating room through nursing school and I met, you know, different, different sales reps with different companies. It intrigued me just kind of being in the, the business world, but also the clinical world, which are, you know, two things I'm interested in. So I ended up getting a job with a company called Smith and Nephew out of college. And I did that for about two years. I didn't love the large company structure where you're sort of handcuffed. It's, you know, go to cover cases every day. And basically that, that's really it. Um, right. So I got approached by a group of guys that were at Smith and Nephew who went to start up this, this company I'm with now. And it, it was a, you know, a larger territory. It was kind of taking on a bigger role with up and coming company where there's more responsibility and you, you really learn every aspect about building a medical device company. So, you know, I, I, have my hand in marketing and different clinical studies we're doing and business development. So I'm learning all these different things that I can take, you know, with me in, in my career where I, I really wouldn't learn in a large company until later, you know, in my career. Right. Like five years down the line and you're learning it all in like right. months at a time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. That sounds like quite the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's a startup. So, who knows? And we're VC funded. So every day is a, a different story, you know, how we're doing, how the venture capitalists see us. And we're still raising money. We're not profitable yet. So 
you know, hopefully at some point it will, it will get to a point where, you know, we go public or we get bought by a bigger company. Something like that is, is what our goal is, but it is a, it's a battle getting there. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll believe that. And I'm sure you have competition too. So yeah, we're starting to, we were the first to, to develop this, but now there, there's other smaller, you know, startups and then other big companies that are saying, oh, maybe we should develop our own. Yeah. So how long has the company been around for? So six years, but the first three years were basically proof of concept. There wasn't anything on the market yet. It was, okay, we have our patent on this device and we have a group of consulting surgeons. Does this make sense? Should we move forward with this? Should we start getting you know funding? And then after that three years, it was, okay, let's start building a team. Let's start actually making this product that, we can sell, we can get it, you know, five, 10K approved, FDA approved. And then that's where I came in and the Salesforce came in. So I was hired with the first kind of wave of, of salespeople in the company. And at that point is when the device that we have on the market now was developed and approved. Okay. Wow. That is super insightful. There's so many medical devices out there that, you know, I have no idea. And I'm sure most people don't know how they become what they are. So this, mm-hmm. this is definitely a, very interesting look into what that process is. So very cool. So you you mentioned your role and you described like what you do. How does that translate to your day to day? Do you have like a routine that you follow? So it changes every week. I try to get a schedule set up like today, you know, and, and throughout this week, I'm setting my schedule for the upcoming week. Since I have such a large territory, one of my goals is, you know, if I'm going up to Vermont, I'm not going for one meeting. I'm going up there and I'm going to set up multiple different meetings so I can not waste my time, you know, driving up there for, you know, an hour, half hour meeting and then, and then driving home. And then you're behind the windshield for most of that day and you can only do so much while you're driving. Typically, I'm in cases in the office or I'm doing trials in the operating room or you know, in meetings with physicians or with their administration, or I'm doing the busy work of approval, getting devices approved at hospitals is an absolute monster. It's it's just crazy. I mean, there's there's committees upon committees getting these things approved. There's value analysis, making sure it's actually <laughs> valuable financially, which is, is horrible to think about, but it's just the truth of, of hospitals. They're in like a business. So it's all different kind of things on my schedule that I have to focus on. Yeah. Would you say that your background in nursing has helped you maybe value prop the device that you're selling or interact with doctors? Or who are you talking to when you're selling, selling these devices? Yeah. So it's, it's orthopedic surgeons. It's their physician assistants. It's their the hospital CEOs or the practice managers. I think the nursing degree helped me clinically understand what is going on with the anatomy and sort of why the products that you sell to these physicians, why they're important, why they're beneficial. So that aspect of it helped sales and getting things approved and and sort of talking to these executives of, of the hospital. They don't really care about the anatomy. Um, <laughs> so that's more just something I had to learn along the way and just kind of form 
my professional personality around that to, to get stuff done. But yeah, definitely clinically the, the nursing helped. Yeah. Very interesting. How long have you been driving for and how many miles do you typically drive each week? I've been in the industry for four years. So I've been driving for four years. I probably drive two to 400 miles a week. Okay. Wow. What do you drive? I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I've had it for two years. Okay. Are you a Jeep guy? Is that like got out of college? You're like, if I'm going to have a car, it's going to be a Jeep. I always wanted a Jeep, but I'm not really a Jeep guy. I just wanted something that I go skiing a decent amount. I wanted, you know, something that could be rugged, you know, the durability of them. But I guess I'm now a Jeep guy. I probably will stick with Jeeps from this point forward since I've had good luck with it so far. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard mixed mixed things about Jeeps. Like most of the people I know, that I know who have a Jeep love it, but I know some previous Jeep owners who are like, God, Jeeps, man. I so. agree. I've heard I've heard more bad things about them than good actually as far as like issues. And knock on wood, I haven't had a single issue. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like certain Jeep models or years, but so far it's been I've been lucky. But I, I agree, I've heard some some horror stories. Yeah, gosh. I don't I don't plan on owning a Jeep anytime soon, but I definitely appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. So if you could snap your fingers and make one thing about your time behind the wheel easier, what would it be? I probably would want a car to drive itself and I could just sit back and get work done. Like a like a Tesla. I don't think I would get a Tesla's well, obviously, you know, one, they're expensive and I so I couldn't right now, but I love the idea that Teslas can, you know, they kind of have that autopilot deal where, you know, you have to keep your eyes on the road and everything, but you can you can sit back and it changes lanes for you and sort of does everything for you. So I would love to have a car to drive itself so I could either just chill out or get work done while I drive. Yeah, it is totally a game changer. I know people are still going to need to drive for work, but autonomous vehicles, there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to happen first, like a bunch of laws and like a whole network. But as soon as it happens, it's going to it's going to really change the way we live. Okay, so how do you stay alert in your vehicle on tired days and long drives? listening to do something that I'm interested in so I can kind of focus on that and sort of like anticipate what they're going to say next. And then also, you know, if it's nice out, I'll have you know, the windows cracked. I don't drink too much coffee. Like I'll drink like literally like half a cup of coffee in the morning. And that's about it for me throughout the day. And that's, that's really it. I haven't had any issues really with, with getting too tired behind the wheel, luckily. How long do you usually spend behind the wheel when you are driving? Well, if I'm going up to you know, Burlington, Vermont, for me, that's about three and a half hours. And I typically will, when I have things in, in from like northern Vermont or northern Maine or northern New Hampshire, I'll leave the night before. I'll get there and I'll stay over. So probably in behind the windshield, like, you know, between, you know, two hours a day to you know, six hours a day. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a wonder you don't get tired. <laughs> What are your car comforts? What are the essentials that you cannot drive without? A good podcast and a lot of water. I drink a ton of water. I like freak out if I don't have water beside me in the car. My phone for podcast and water. Is your necessity for water like, I know obviously humans need water, but is that based on anything like 
you had a bad experience once where you're super dehydrated or like you've, I, you've been in athletics for a while? So, well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I go to the gym and, and, and things like that, but I think it's more, I just got into this rhythm of drinking a lot of water throughout the day, whether I'm driving or not. So now my body, I think has adjusted to that. So now it's like, it needs more water. Like I'm talking like eight liters a day. Oh, wow. I mean, that's super good for you. Your, your face must be like really clean. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to pee all the time though. Yeah. Yeah. Stop and pee. I was going to say, what do you do about that? Like how many, how many extra stops would you say you make? Uh, on long rides, I probably stop like twice. Okay. How, what, how, how would you define a long ride? Like how many hours would that be? So long ride to me is fine. So, so how I break it down is if I'm going to stay over or not. So basically I told the company, I said, look, I will drive day of if it's under two hours, if it's over two hours, because typically these cases start at, you know, seven, seven thirty in the morning. So if it's over two hours, then I'm driving the night before and I'm going to stay over. So I think a long drive would be three plus hours. Or two okay. and a half plus hours. Yeah, and, and wow, okay, so two stops tonight. Yeah, that's, that's funny because when I drive, I, I hate stopping. Like, I, I drink water too, like all the time, but I drink none when I'm driving just because I don't want to stop. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've, I've kind of, I have slowed down a little bit uh, drinking water while I drive just because I, uh, I, I don't want to stop as much. Okay, so in the event of an accident, what do you do? Do you keep any nightmare necessities in your vehicle? Water. I, just, I have water. But other than that, I mean, I have like, I have a spare tire and a means to change that tire, and I know how to do it. And the case of the, I don't have like a first aid kit. Maybe I should get one. I have a like this little blinking flashlight. You know, if I were to break down or whatever, a, a pretty bright light that blinks, kind of to have oncoming cars see you better. And then obviously I have all my information in the car if I were to get in an accident, but I don't have like, my cousin has a doomsday pack in the back of his truck with like everything he needs. I I don't know exactly what's in there, but I don't have anything like that. Is that, is that something he just like found online and purchased or is that something he made himself? He made, he made it. So he found the necessary items he felt he needed. If, you know, whatever, whatever happens, you know, if there was an invasion or whatever, or like an outbreak of, you know, a a bug or something, he he has things in there that he feels he he would need and could survive on for X amount of days or weeks or whatever. That is fascinating. Um, (laughs) Zombie apocalypse style. Was he a Boy Scout? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the apocalypse. Yeah, like the doomsday. Like if if zombies invade or whatever, you know. He's. I think he's. I think he has like a crossbow. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I might be making that up, but I think he has something that uh, some sort of weapon. Oh wow, that's that is impressive. <laughs> Always be prepared, I guess. But yeah. So every episode, we ask our guest for a song that used to or currently listen to all the time on the road. What is yours? I would say Hotel California. 
And reason being is I love the guitar solo and I picture myself as the guitarist when <laughs> that song plays. It just gets me fired up. And that concludes our latest episode of the Rogue Warriors podcast. Thanks to Sam Burns for coming on the show. And to those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you listened to, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have stories, we would love to hear them. Fill out our quick survey to let us know why you should be our next guest. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Thanks again, and drive safe.